right, so let's get into this word. We've been talking about a different spirit. I think it's so fitting going into fast week. Um, uh, I just think it's just perfect going into fast week. And I, I'll say this with fast week, man, you know, stretch yourself. Do a little more. The goal is to starve the flesh to hear from the spirit, right? So not let the flesh do what it wants to do. So just starve your flesh a little more. Sometimes we can be so casual with the things of God. And we can, we can go, ah, yeah, I'll fast. You know, I'm not going to eat chocolate this week. Um, okay, the flesh don't get chocolate, but is it starving? That's like the person that stopped drinking and take up smoking, right? The flesh is still eating. It's just you just change the meal, you know. So really, really stretch yourself to go beyond what you would normally go. Uh, go. Um, it really is going to be a benefit to you. All right, so, so let's... let's uh, pick up here where we left off last service, and it was talking about people with a different spirit go through different testing. And so interesting, Miege um, said, is anybody, anybody going through a test, right? Had, had us raise our hands, right? And we said that those that with a different spirit experience customized detailed training, not just perceived formalized training. So we gave the difference between David and his brothers, David went through customized training. His brothers went through the formalized training, but David was ready for the lion, I mean, Goliath, and his brothers wasn't. The brothers was ready for the normal soldiers, but the brothers wasn't ready for giant, a giant, right? But David was ready for the giants, right? If you want to be ready for the giants, you got to embrace the customized training. And so, so you look at some of David's process, he had to have a different spirit to embrace all that because, look, I mean, he's tending sheep. And do you, do you I mean, I, you have to believe throughout his life he shows signs of a warrior or shows signs of being a king. And he saw there was some difference in it. It's like, you know, you guys are different. You know you're different. You know you see things different. The challenge is it's not that you're wrong about that you're different. You're just you're sometimes we're clouded to embracing that process because we think um, it should look like this. Um, but no, 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 no. It's looking like actually what you're going through if you could just brace it. All right, so what the Lord is saying is, you know, uh, we're coming to the halfway point in um, uh, supernatural restoration for the year. That's the vision. And in a different spirit. So he's saying, um, okay, there's going to be some second chances. Right, he's going to afford some second chances, you know. Um, now, I know some of you are going to say, well, it's probably going to be my fifth chance. Um, but, <laughs> but some second chances. And, and I want to read this to you. Uh, I, think it's, I think the Lord had me uh, write this for some, some, somebody. I don't know if it was one of the athletes, my son, grandson. I don't even remember. Uh, but this, this, this is how it goes. They, may, they, they never seem to go away, do they? Those tests and trials that measure our trust in God, or better stated, can God trust us? These opportunities of choice continue to challenge us at every phase of our lives. All right already, we scream out at the arrival of the next measure. But why are we frustrated? Aren't we being allowed the platform to display the love we've confessed? Where is the unconditional surrender and obedience we vowed to God? 
Didn't we choose to be a living sacrifice or was it just lip honor? Is our choice only in isolation but never in the midst of options? Guess what? You have another chance today. Again, you'll be tested. Again, you'll have choice. Again, you'll be needed. Choose wisely this time. Sometimes, you know, we, we do well when there's no options. It's just, it's just isolated situations, no other options. You know, we've gone through a lot of craziness and we can't take it, right? And so we come to God or we come to church. Uh, and then soon as the options come, now we, we lose sight of God. You know, soon as the opportunity to do other things come up. But can God be chosen in the midst of all these wonderful options in our life? Or should God just shut down blessing us, period? Because, you know, blessings afford you options. But God wants you to have the options, but God is not on the shall I considered block. God is always, right? The options are in addition to, right? You know, God is not in competition. So uh, Deuteronomy 8.2 says this. It says, uh, I've taken you through the wilderness. Well, let's just, let's just look at it. Let's, let's, as Trina would say, let's uh, set our eyes on it, okay? Eye gate, ear gate, write stuff down, you increase your memory, right? So Deuteronomy 8.2 is foundational uh, scripture of my life. I just like this whole chapter. But it says, uh, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord God led thee these 40 years. I mean, some of us has been 30, some of us has been 20, some of us has been 10. But we're talking 40 here, right? So thou shalt remember all the way, every aspect of what you went through and what you learned uh, these 40 years in the what? Wilderness. Now he says what? To number one, you went through this wilderness to humble thee. And to prove thee, test thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. In other words, it says, or not. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, it says to humble thee. You know, we talked about this in, in Bible school uh, yesterday when we were talking about, you know, one of the major requirements to walk in spiritual authority is a revelation. Right, and we were saying that a lot of times we think our competency is of ourselves. So a lot of times we size people up or we get offended if we don't have a position because we figure, so as soon as you get offended, you say, uh, I should have that position. That's a, that's a level of arrogance, right? Think about it. Because God is the promoter. He didn't put you in a position. All right, as soon as you say, uh, uh, this is too much. I shouldn't be going through this. So now you've decided that you're determining the test you need to fulfill your purpose. So what God is taking you through, you don't approve of, right? It's a level of pride and arrogance there too, right? So a lot, a lot of times God puts us in the wilderness to humble us, right? And it says to test us. All right, okay, now this is the key to, to, to know what was in our, in, in our hearts. So a lot of times we know what's in our head, but we don't know what's in our heart until we go through tests and trials. And then it says this, whether, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. That's not God saying if you would keep his commandments or not. 
That's for you to realize. See, a lot of times we say, you give me this, I'm going to be obedient. You give me that. Well, you have, you've had that. And we haven't been in full obedience. So, so God is saying, okay, so would you just humble yourself and realize, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? John 15, 5. Right? Uh, they read the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? And so, so we go through this process to keep us humble. So this second chance is for us not to find our own strength to, to do what we need to do, but to yield to God. Right? It says, uh, uh, let them that are chosen, they, they should first be proven, right? Them that are, are selected should first be pro- proven, First Timothy 3.10, right? Now, we're talking about these second chances, and we say it's, it's choice. And so when you have a second chance, there's going to be other options. You can opt to uh, just magnify what you believe you're going through, not what you're going to. You could excuse yourself because of your previous behavior, you know, like, you know, I've all, every time I get to this point, I mess up. So a lot of times we don't commit to things. Why? Because we don't want to mess up. Like we live our whole life trying not to mess up as opposed to living our life walking by faith, understanding that mess up, so mishaps is just a, a part of it. That's what you learn from, right? But everything is, nah, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to go up there because suppose I forget the words. Uh, well, I don't want to go up there. Well, suppose I say the wrong thing. Well, I don't want to do this, but because suppose I mess up. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I see it, you know, uh, so Jim and I, I interact with at the gym all the time. And, and so there's a certain amount of weight. In addition to all the stuff we do, there's a goal he's trying to get to just to see what his uh, max bench is. And so, so I watched the guy. And so, so when he gets to like 315 pounds, It's easy. Like, there's nobody around. Just him. Ten more pounds, 325. He can't get it up. And it's all here because, listen, so when I did it, the 315 he did, I'm like, you know, I felt it. You know, so I know it wasn't as smooth as he did, but then I go to the next weight and I get that done. But He's actually working, but it's here. It's here. And then sometimes you don't even try it because what? You don't want to mess up. And I told him, I said, so this is what I did. I, I, told, I told him a couple of things to do. I said, do this. I said, but now this is what you do. When you take it off that bar, I said, don't hold it. I said, just let it drop and thrust. That's all you got to do. I said, don't hold it. I said, because when you hold it, you're thinking about it. I said, don't think about it. I said, just, hey. I tighten your grip, make sure them elbows is in, I said, and just take it down and push it up. And he took it down and he pushed it up. He said, man, you know, I do hold it because I be like, I wonder if I'm going to get this. I said, well, guess what? You ain't going to get it. You know, something we say in basketball, you think long, you, you think wrong. Yeah, just catch and shoot. What are you thinking about? You know, and this is the thing, like, we're, we're, we're overthinking some of these choices. But the Bible says, I said before you, life and death, blessings and curses, choose life, right? Choose life. When you have a different spirit, you're always choosing the things that are going to line up with God, right? Uh, As for me and my house, what? We're going to serve the Lord. Everybody's not serving the Lord. Some people are talking about the Lord. Some people acknowledge the Lord. Some people consider the Lord. 
But everybody's not serving the Lord, right? Everybody's not serving the Lord. And so, so again, when we have this different spirit, we present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And so I heard Pastor Mel on my way. I was listening to her uh, teaching, um, and she was talking about emotions, you know, and she was talking about, you know, uh, in the discipleship, y'all need to go watch that, but in discipleship, uh, personality, um, what was the topic? Mastering your emotions was a part of it, I know. Um, it's, I, just, I know mastering your emotions was, is the, what we're going to go through the next few weeks, but it, uh, a gift of God, a gift from God, that's what it is. Mastering your emotions is a gift from God. And so she was saying how your emotions aren't good or bad. Is how you choose to use them, right? How you choose to use them. And this is the thing. Your emotions aren't designed for you to live by. And so, so, so one of the things she was talking about is your emotions. Oh, okay, hold on. Emotions make good servants but not good masters. Emotions make good servants. So you know how when you go, I can't help this because I feel this way? Your, your, your feelings have become your master. Not your spirit, man, your feelings. I have to do this because I feel this way. No, 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 no. You, 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 you're now misappropriating the gift you've been given called emotions because they're not designed to lead your life. They're designed to serve your life. Your, your spirit was given to you to lead your life. But we box the spirit out and... We make uh, uh, sensual or choices, or we don't want to get too deep into the flesh and say sexual choices. You know, you got sexuality, you got sensuality, you got spirituality. You don't make decisions based on sexuality. You don't make decisions based on sensuality. You make decisions based on spirituality. But we've done, we, see, what sin did was flip the script. You know, I taught this message ages ago, but flip the script. Flip the script to now where, because your sensuality, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imagination is neutral. It's your choice station, but it's either going to choose to be influenced or mastered by the emotions or the flesh, or it's going to choose to be mastered or led by the spirit, right? You know, that's what the Bible says, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, right? It says, walk in the spirit, you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Right? And so, so, again, a lot of times we're choosing to be influenced, led by, or we're letting our sexuality have the, the first voice. And so now we can't really navigate because we're not designed that way. We're built different. And so when you're different, you, you can't really sustain or, or you will never be fulfilled on a diet of the flesh. Never. It's, first of all, it's insatiable anyway. It's, it's not satisfying. And if you notice how everything was going well, uh, you had a vibrant life, uh, you didn't have to hide from certain sections of groupings of people. But now as you get older, you're, you, 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 you have to limit your space because everybody doesn't receive uh, what you've conformed to. See, everybody's designed to receive you in your design. You notice that the, 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 the topic says a different spirit. Right? It does, see, a lot of times we call ourselves different when we're conforming to a dominant culture. You, so we call ourselves different if we're different from just the, uh, maybe the kingdom of God or our household. 
That's not what makes us different. What makes us different is when we're embracing our unique God-given design. And a lot of that stuff is not different. I've done uh, uh, group sessions, discussions, speaking to all types of youth and children and college. And it's amazing how they, you know, people will stand up and with an attitude like they're different. And I can, I'm like, everything you're doing, I see. It's, it's all over the place. So how is it, how are you different? You're different because maybe mommy and daddy don't like what you do? That doesn't make you different. So if we're going to take a stand to conform to the world, why we can't take a stand to be what God designed? It's amazing. We're, it's like we're wasting our confrontation, right, to be less than who we are, right? And so the scripture says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of what? The sons of God, right? In Romans 8, 19. Now, now, okay, we're talking about second chance. Second chances to really harmonize with God and get things right. Okay, so Lou, with that's going to take 2 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Now, before we get to 10, verse 6, you have uh, verses 3 through 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But casting out all imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Hold on, wait a minute. Every thought. So whether it's emotional, whether it's feelings, how does, is it obedient to Christ Jesus? Is it obedient to the word? Every thought. Didn't say that what we want. See, see. I can be walking down the street and I can see somebody that look like they're not taking care of business. The thought can crack, uh, can, can jump up in my mind, glad I'm not them. I cast that thought down. I'm not making that up. Like, like I never want to like, think I'm better than somebody based on just watching them. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or I feel better because they're not in my situation. No, 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 I cast that thought down. Because that's not obedient to Christ Jesus either. You know, I mean, uh, they got a nice house. It's all right, you know. But it ain't like mine. Cast that down. You know, I mean, that's nice, you know. I mean, it's a good sermon, but, you know, can't preach like me. Cast that down. See, all the competitiveness sizing yourself up, I cast that down too. In addition to the lust, in addition to the disobedient things that have me conforming to the world, not transformed by the renewal of my mind. Now, after, you, after all that, it, gets, it jumps over to verse 6. It says this, having the readiness, when I get my mind right, having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when my obedience is fulfilled. See, so the second chance is an opportunity for me to live in obedience. See, again, we... we we say we know God, but this is what we do. We go, well, I know God will let me go for that. Do you understand lives are at stake? Do you understand if, uh, like, people are, are waiting for you to manifest, manifest into what you purpose to do because that facilitates in them doing what they're supposed to do? So, so Ed, imagine me and Pastor Mel not being obedient at the time God told us to come out here to Charlotte, North Carolina. 
And then everything God tells us, do it exactly his way. So, so let's say if we just was, I got to say this the right way so it's not incriminating, but if we didn't do church the way God said it, we were just rushing, you know, for just population, like skipping people, like not, like not discipling, not growing, not empowering. Just imagine that. All right, there's a whole lot of people that will be missing out on what their purpose to do. You see what I'm saying? So, we, so we're not the only pr- people that are supposed to be obedient here. You know, I was sharing with somebody recently, I was like, it's not just about what you get when you come to church, it's what you give. How many people are benefiting from your gift? How many people are benefiting from the ministry you're supposed to be operating in within the house? Right? How many people? So I get it. I understand. I understand you at the house. It's just like somebody told me. I said, I, uh, I said what am I going to see? He said, you'll see me virtually. I said, no, you get to see me. <laughs> I'm talking about when I get to see you. And then I was talking about, well, well people benefiting from you. Because we have these gifts, right? And God wants to use these gifts, right? And sometimes, the, sometimes you just being in the environment, like I listen to people come up to the mic on Wednesdays or or for uh, 9.15, and the things that come out of their mouth, do you understand people are living by? They're living by what comes out of your mouth. Like, whoa, I didn't look at it that way. Do you understand, uh, uh, we was on Bible study fellowship, Josh chimed in. And the next day they were talking about what Josh said. Later on, somebody was talking about what he said. But all he did was chime in to say what he was learning based on what was discussed and keeping it real it's a passage that normally you would think you, we would just run through because we was going through the tabernacle and the details and stuff like that. And so he jumped in. He says, man, I get it. Just been skipping the details. We said more than that. But w- when he chimed in, people kept talking about it. So we're sitting on stuff. What are we saving it for? Even what you, what, what, what you hear what you just heard a little while ago that triggered something in you, what you saving that for? Somebody should hear, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I had it mastered. Matter of fact, I thought I could just ride it out from here. I wasn't thinking it, thinking it, but I was acting that way. When I heard that, I realized, it humbled me to realize, you know what? I got more work to do. Why can't somebody hear that? But we're going to act like, you know, no, nah, no, nah, I just, I was, I was straight already. <laughs> what you mean? I, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time. Because I should have already known by now. That's an arrogant statement. Who says you should already know? You? Because as far as God is concerned, if you knew, you would do. <laughs> All right? So that's why he's giving you the information. All right? Does that make sense? Different spirit. I just want to, we're going into fast week, right? You guys just going to wait till like 6 o'clock in the morning to start your fast? That's what y'all going to do? Be up to 5.55, right, to start your fast? <laughs> That's how we're going to do? Be eating you all the way up to, <laughs> you know, all types of night, 3, 4 in the morning, grubbing. Yeah, I called you out, didn't I? Uh, eating, eating four dinners 
right? <laughs> I, so, so we talk about, I just changed up. I, I was doing that. I, just, I, I, I told you that because I, I was doing it, you know. Because Monday is the day off, so I would just be up all night, like, just to, to the last minute, be like, what time is it, you know? Eating and everything, man, all types of stuff. Then I got need two days to recover from the, the Sunday before the fast, right? All right? I changed up. Yeah, I go to bed like I normally go to bed. Eat like I normally eat. That's what I do. I'm not telling you to do that. For the people watching online, Tanya said, good. I don't know if she checked with the Holy Spirit. She just jumped on that right away and said, good. <laughs> you said what? We should? You didn't say good? You said we should? I apologize to Tanya publicly. She didn't say good. She said we should. I apologize, Tanya. I'm sorry. I heard you wrong. You know, you had that good face. This, this, she, you know how she had that face? Like, good. <laughs> uh, my bad, Tanya. All right, so, so, so a different spirit. Let's, we're going to walk through some scriptures and just, just look at how this has been playing out and how God's been showing us ourselves throughout the Bible. I think about the wise men. Uh, we were reading through the wise men and how they recognized that star. Well, you got to have a different spirit. The star was shining for everybody. How come only three guys? Well, not three. How come, how, how, how come they don't only want to show up? How come? I know I said that. Didn't I say how come? Right. How, why wasn't it just a flood of people? You see that star? Well, they had to have a different spirit. We bypass stars all the time, don't we? Don't even look up in the sky because we got too much to worry about, right? We can't afford to set our eyes on the stars. You know, that's going to take away from our worry time, right? Or our complaining time, right? Or our lying time or our hustling time, right? Or our I got to take care of everybody in my family time, you know, it ain't all hustling. Right? Right? But they recognize that star. I, I think about when Mary and Elizabeth, how come everybody didn't birth a John or a Jesus? They had to have a different spirit, right? Remember, be it unto you according to your will, Luke chapter 1. Right? That's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, be it unto you according to your will. Now, we're talking to Messiah. We ain't just talking about a gifted child. We're talking about God <laughs> in human form, right? You have to have a different spirit. Can God use some of us to birth something from God? Because it's going to take a different spirit. Well, will we talk ourselves out of it, right? A member of Jesus' first miracle, Jesus shows up. Mary says, hey. They need your help. He said, hey, 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 hey. Woman, chill out. Like, I'm still incognito. It's not my time. She didn't even flinch. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She almost kind of like, he don't understand. This is the time for him now to display his gifts. But she had to have a different spirit, not to get offended. Who you think you're talking to? Boy, I'm your mom. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. She had to recognize something was different on him. And, and she had to be picking up from the Holy Spirit. No, I need you to place a demand on Jesus because if you leave it up to him, he'll stay behind the scenes. That's his default, right? And the first miracle happened. That's John chapter 2, verse 5. We don't have to go there. But 
that's a different spirit. Even, uh, we won't go here, but the centurion, when he came to Jesus, and I think somebody mentioned that. I don't know my wife mentioned it this morning. But he came to Jesus. Who mentioned it? Brother Lou mentioned it. All right. But he, he came to Jesus and he said, uh, it was you this morning. I said, I know I heard that. Uh, and he says, you know, heal my servant. Uh, he says, uh, okay, I'll come to your house. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He says, all you got to do is speak the word only. He says, I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. I say, go and they go, come and they come. Oh, no, if you speak the word only, my servant's going to be healed. And as Lou talked about, he left, and by the time he got home, his servant was healed. But, but Jesus said, I have not found so great faith in all of Israel. That means he had a different spirit. He picked up. Just watching Jesus, he was like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. This is different here. I can go to this guy, and I can get my servant healed. There was people that were supposed to be family to Jesus that didn't do that. This guy is a centurion and was able to pick up something. That's operating in a different spirit. All right, let's look at something here in Exodus. Let's go to Exodus real quick because it's often, and I don't think we, we passed this, Exodus 3. Where are we at? Anybody know? In 29? So, so we pass, we pass both of these things I'm about to read. <laughs> I don't know if we highlighted them, but we're going to talk about it now. Exodus 3 and 3 and 21. All right? Verse 21. This is after God says, I'll stretch out my hand and smite the Egyptians with all the wonders and I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. This is God, you know, just giving a little breakdown of what's going to happen in the future. Verse 21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now, these are the Egyptians that what? They don't want to let them go and keeping them in bondage. Right? I'll give these people favor in the sight of Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, you shall not go empty. Now, not only am I going to re- release you, uh, be healed in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to release you from the bondage, right? He says, you ain't going to go away empty. Like, why is that important? See, we, we don't think God care about these things. He said, I'm not, he could have just let them, they'd have just been happy to be free, right? He says, you're not going to go away empty. Now, this is how he processes. Now, look, look, look who he chose. He says, but every woman, every who? Woman. Yeah, don't take the woman for granted now. Every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, that's clothing, and ye shall put them upon your sons and your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. That means take all their stuff. So he says, send the women. For some reason, they know what to say, right? (laughs) I told you, my wife's the negotiator, right? Send the woman, he says, and ask, look, okay, we leaving, y'all. We've been your slaves. You've prospered from us being slaves. We going to come to you and ask you from the stuff that you benefited from for, for keeping us in bondage. And you're going to give it to us. So they gave them silver and gold. That, listen, remember they built a golden calf in the, in, 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 the, in the desert. 
Where do you think they get the gold from? They got the gold from the people. So look, these women had to have a different spirit, right? Right? To go to the people that's keeping them in bondage, how many of us going to our bosses asking for raises? (laughs) Yeah, if God sends you, you better go. You'll have favor. (laughs) They'll give you more than you deserve. All right, somebody need to be asking for some raises this week. All right, so y'all just be thinking he just be saying stuff. That's, 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 that's what I, I find so uh, interesting, how you think uh, in the service of God, words are just haphazard. Right, and some people probably, not, probably didn't take this serious, but let's go here to Exodus 12. We already read through that too, all right? I don't know if y'all, I don't know if anybody highlighted this stuff. Trina, Karen. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Exodus 12, and we'll, we'll park here, verse 35. All right. So remember, he told them something, and now you're going to see it manifested, right? Verse 35. It says, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. (laughs) And they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, you know, spoiled is different than we just gave you what we could spare. See, he had created so much stir with all the plagues and stuff like that. It was like, well, see, this is what happens in the world. When they recognize they do you wrong, they, they try a buyout. Right. You know, they, so their, their penance is, well, how about take this, take this, take that. You know, you ever, you ever see people do you wrong, they try to be nice to you, they don't apologize. They just try to be nice to you. So what it is, is because of everything that was happening, God knew once they made the request, they were like, so would you, you want this too? Take this too. It said they spoiled them. That means they, they, they took so much the wealth flipped. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous in Proverbs, right? So it flipped. Everything flipped. It went from we bound, you're wealthy, to now we wealthy, you're desperate. You see, so this is what took place. But who did he send to do this? They had to have a different spirit on them, huh? Right? You can't take them for granted. Well, since we're talking about women, let's talk about Rahab. So you can read it for yourself in Joshua 2, 1 through 21. So the children of Israel coming in, basically what? To take this land. Rahab recognizes despising the land. And of course, the people realized they were spying the land. So she hid them. And she, look, now these are the people that's about to destroy all of them. She was smart enough to help them and create a covenant with them. Now, okay, when y'all come, look, she knew. She was like, hey, when y'all come, the take was yours. Don't forget about me or what I'm doing for you right now. They established a covenant, so when they came to take everything out, Rahab was still blessed. She had to have a different spirit on her, huh? She had to have a different spirit on her, huh? Well, let's stay here with Ruth. Ruth had to have a different spirit. Listen, both of the sons died, her and her sister. So Naomi was like, yeah, go on, go, y'all get on out of here. I ain't got nothing for you. I ain't got no more children. So y'all need to find a man so he, with an inheritance so you can go ahead and live your life. 
So the other sister said, peace, I'm out. Ruth was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to roll with you. She had to pick up something different. I think I have more value with you than away from you. So wherever you go, I'm going. So she went with her. She ended up uh, going to her, her family, and she ended up with Boaz. But she had to have a different spirit. She had to have a different spirit. When things looked hopeless, she still could stay locked in. So that means you see something nobody else sees. But we're constantly running from, hey, let me go over here. 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 But again, we have a different spirit. I'm going to stick with the women here because, you know, you know, he's, you know, full service church, right? Amen. Right? How about Esther? Look, look, look at ex, uh, Esther. Ex, Esther. We'll do, we'll do chapter four, right? Esther chapter four. Verse 14, we're talking about a different spirit, but I want to give you these different examples of how people process things differently, right? And, and you can tell it's God because it impacts so many other people. Rahab impacted her family. It wasn't an individual selfish thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 who I give you? Uh, when they got the wealth, it impacted all the children of Israel when they went to get the jewels. It wasn't a selfish thing, right? Ruth ended up with Boaz, and you start to keep looking at their lineage, you'll see how it runs right up into Jesus. It wasn't a selfish thing. It wasn't about me, 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 I, 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 right? Esther 4.14, Esther, Esther 4.14. Now, now, the backdrop is she's Jewish, but she has a different spirit. So she gets in with all the other women that the king was going to favor, right? But then uh, uh, one of the king's captains was, was hating on Mordecai, her cousin, because he was, you know, he was an advocate, you know, or, or activist. You know, he was an activist. So he's at the gate daily. Yeah, y'all ain't doing the right thing. Y'all ain't no good. Ain't nobody voting for you next time. You know, these guys going off. So he, the guy was so hating, he was like, I'm going to destroy all the Jews. And so Mordecai comes to Esther. He says, well, you got to talk to the king. She was like, oh, we just can't roll up on the king like that. And, and honestly, I guarantee you she was thinking, first of all, it's a miracle that I'm even in here, and you trying to get me to go make requests? Oh, no, no, it just won't be happening, right? And so, verse 14, well, we'll start verse 13. It says, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, uh, think not with thyself that thou shall escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. So he said, you're thinking, yeah, that's going to happen to y'all. I'm with the king. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. He, he, uh, basically, he's saying, you would Jew too. Right? Verse 14, it says, for if thou art together, holdeth thy peace at this time. It says, then shall, their, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So in other words, it's still going to happen. It says, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether, look, look, 
Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? See, a lot of times God afforded us a different spirit for who knows in this time and this season is why we were called. It's why we've been put in this place, why we're at heirs, right? Uh, you can write this down, but 1 Samuel 25, 30 to 35, just stick, stand with the theme of just some women with different spirits. Abigail, you know, David just wants something to eat from Nabal's garden, right? They beat his boy senseless. So David says, oh, he must got us twisted. We're going to go take him out, right? Destroy everything. So he shows up, Abigail meets him because she got a different spirit. First of all, he's coming to take out your husband and everybody. That would include you. But she got to have a different spirit to know, I know what to say. So she comes to him and says, whoa, 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 listen. Same thing. She saw something similar to Rahab. Listen, you're about to be the king. So she, what she had been hearing, she believed. She says, you about, so she's speaking prophetically to him. Listen, you're about to take over all types of stuff. Basically, she said, you got bigger fish to fry. He said, no, no, she, she was like, not listen, what you need? I'll just make sure you get what you need. <laughs> listen, Nabal retarded. Don't pay him no mind, right? I know that's my husband, at least. But prophetically, I see he's not going to be my husband after a while. Once you <laughs> but she, she, she basically saw something different, spoke to David, and uh, I told you, to, let's go there. First Samuel. First Samuel 25. We're talking about a different spirit, and I'm just giving you these, these women that have a different spirit, because sometimes we can take the women for granted in our lives. Um, because, you know, we're, you know, sometimes within that emotion, we're not picking up on the gifts, right? Once again, we have Tanya chiming in with her amen. <laughs> Saying, baby, listen to me. I know you got eye surgery, but just trust me on this. It looks good. Just buy it. <laughs> I got a different spirit. You heard what the pastor said. Just, just trust me. I'll be your eyes today. All right, so... 1 Samuel 25, verse 30, right? It says, and the Lord, uh, it says, uh, and it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord. And this is Abigail talking to David. It shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee. And thou shall have appointed, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel that this shall be, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaiden. And David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For, for in very deed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, 
which has kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet me. Surely there had not been left unto Nabal by the morning light any that pisses against a wall. He's saying, if you hadn't came, there would have been nobody left, including you. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him and said unto her, go up in peace to thine house. See, I have have hearkened to thy voice and have accepted thy person. So he received from a woman with a different spirit. He's the next king. And he said, thank God you came. I would avenge myself. I would have shed blood and it would have cost my anointing to the throne. Right? But she had to have a different spear, right? Uh, this, this, this might be just the last entry for the, for, the, for the women, but 2 Kings 4, 8 through 10. Remember the Shunammite woman. Uh, it said that, uh, well, we can go there real quick. We're not that far away from 2 Kings. 2 Kings 4. So, again, we're talking about a different spirit. And you notice Abigail had a different spirit, but it affected the man of God. The anointed king. Did you notice that? So David just didn't get to the throne on his own. He had to recognize there were people around him with a different spirit. And it wasn't just the guys, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, so 2 Kings 4, 8. It says, and it, and it fell on a, on a day that Elijah passed to Shunem where was a great woman. Now, that word great, in, in, uh, when you translate it in Hebrew, it means wealthy, right? It says there was a great, a wealthy woman. So she was straight as far as economically. But see, she had a different spirit. She knew it wasn't just about the money she had, right? It says it was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. So he's passing through. She's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 come eat here, Right? And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. So she just started something. She said, I need to get this man to come into my house. Remember, wanted to be close to the anointing. No, 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 just come. I just, I just want to take care of you. She recognized the value of a man of God and made sure. Remember we said, what you sow into, you draw from. So she just had him coming by and eat. But then she took it to another level. She said unto her husband, now so interesting, this woman was wise enough and remember we said the husband safely trusts her. She was able to speak. To, she, now, who called the man of God to come to the house? It was the woman. See, we operate like if, 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 if she says it first, I can't do it. That's what's messed up marriages now. You know, because you don't recognize you got to be smart enough to know when it's God. If you're the leader, you got to be smart enough to know when it's God, whether it's coming from her or you, Right? Right, but sometimes we think being a man is you make all the decisions, you make all the choices. Right, so we really start operating rivalry as opposed to understand how to flow in harmony. Right, I just slipped that in there for the married couples. Right, all right, it says, uh, it says, and she said unto her husband, Behold, now I look, look, different spirit. I perceive that's a discernment that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually, all right? So now, suppose the husband said, well, 
Man, how you know it's a holy man of God? You think you know everything. You don't know everything. That's just, a, a, that's just another guy. Why you keep, you know, what, you like him? You like him? This is in our culture, right? Oh, so you, are you, you just digging him. That ain't no man of God, right? You're not even flowing in the gifts, right? But this guy was. Look, then she went on first. She says, let, let us make a little chamber, meaning we're going, we wealthy, let's build onto our house. It says, I prayed thee uh, on the wall and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn uh, in thither. So what she says is when he comes by, he could just, he, you know, he ain't got to sleep outside. You know, he could just, we'll, we'll make a place for him. So she has to have a different spirit to pick all that up. And the story goes, you know, her son was dying. Man rose the kid up from the dead, <laughs> you know. But, but she, she couldn't have a child at first. She had the child. Then the child died. But no matter what, whatever went on, she sent her servant, go find that man of God. You see, so she, she had a different spirit. It didn't say her husband sent for the man of God because the husband probably going to be like, no, no, I can pray for him. I don't need no man of God. I got this. You know, no, no. I'm, I'm a man of God too. Child be dead to this day. For real. You know how we roll in our culture? Child be dead to this day because the man thinking the man got to do everything. No, the man got to know the right decisions to make even if it's the vice VP of the house. You don't got no stupid vice president, do you? <laughs> I ain't get a whole lot of amens on that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> she working on it. <laughs> That's, you see how it's all quiet? Like, I mean, you know, what's up? <laughs> oh, I was y'all watching out there at TV land. Y'all was saying amen. Okay. Your brothers and sisters in here were tripping a little bit. All right, so when we talk about this different spirit, we're talking about people that are, are they're, they're what, the, what the Bible calls endued, endowed, or they're imparted a different level of, of understanding wisdom and power, right? See, this is imparted by God. We're not talking about people that choose to act different. We're not talking about Keith Bradley in my BC days where I just was going to wear different clothes, different colors, just to be different. So coming up, my style's different. You know, and, and it, was, it was working pretty good until I walked by this, uh, this bar one day and I overheard the, the older guys talking. They was like, young folk today wear anything. And, 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 and I'm thinking I'm sweet that day. So, you, you know, blue and orange are my favorite colors. I had on some orange Converse's, and this is back when I did wear Nikes. Uh, well, stuff, I didn't wear Nikes, I wore Nike stuff. Obviously, I had Converse's on too. So I had on some, they, Nike had came out with these shorts, and they were uh, multicolored shorts, you know. So the orange was in there. <laughs> and then the shirt had the swish with the, with, the, with the colors to match the shorts, you know. And then I had the orange, well, I thought I was sweet. <laughs> the young folk today wear anything, you know. <laughs> right? But, but, but I would do things for different. So I wore hats. I always had bike hats. I wore bike hats. Like all through, all through uh, college, 
My whole, I put hooks on my windows and I had hats all over the windows. But all the hats had a different break in it, like in the bill. So if someone was broke like this, someone was broke like this. So I put the hat on and it always just had a different break because I had to be different. But see, I'm, I'm doing things to be different, but I was already different. All I had to do was be Keith. I didn't have to look different. You know, I didn't have to, my, the style does not make me different. My spirit does. Okay, all right, all right, so that's going over real great too. All right, so let's go here to, we're talking about different and, and what, what does that look like? Uh, let's go to Ezekiel 28. No, Exodus 28. We got there already too, right? Then we read Exodus 28? Yes, sir. I'm referencing the Bible study fellowship when I said we've got there, right? So, we're, you know, we read through the Bible. Right now, we're reading through the Old Testament, and if we get through that chapter, we'll get to the New Testament, right? And then sometimes, uh, if LaBarbera is leading, we have to listen to the angels, so we have to go to Ma- Matthew 4. So, so when it says the angels ministered unto Jesus, Barbara, oh, I can't do it like her, but as you call in the Bible study fellowship, you know what I'm talking about, right? Give a little shout out to the barber, our resident angels. Okay, so Ezekiel 28, you know, those people's laughing because they know exactly what I'm talking about, right? If she say, if she's, Exodus, I'm sorry. If she say, go to the angels, we know what she's talking about, don't we? We already turned into Matthew 4, right? Uh, all right, so, so this is, uh, we, we just read through this the other week when it was talking about the priest's clothes. Clothing, right? Now, the priest's clothing is intricate. Actually, is the reason why on Sundays I wear suits, right? You know, I mean, I, during the week I might not, but, you know, I just want, I just think you should come before God with a level of attention to detail, excellence. Sometimes our culture, don't get mad, our culture is a little bit too casual. But if God was here, like we go to meetings, we get dressed up for whether it's proms, this, that, and the other. But when it comes to coming around God, you know, we just roll out the bed, throw on anything, and show up, you know. Why can't we be excellent before God? But anyway, <laughs> I guess we're hitting everything today, right? All right, so uh, uh, Exodus 28, verse 3. All right, so, so now they're making the priest garments for Aaron's sons. And in verse 3 says, and thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted. He didn't say everybody. Every, so, so this people with a different spirit are wise-hearted. And, says, and it says, in all, it says, all who are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. It says, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, and that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So these special people not only had wisdom and not only had a certain spirit in them, their garments was what was going to keep him anointed. If you study it out, we're going to get to it. When they took, when, when it was time for him to die, they took the garments off. It, almost as if if they didn't take the garments off, he couldn't have died. So that means these people making the garments have to be like, as we talked about yesterday in spiritual authority, coming out of the presence of God, operating with a different spirit, right? 
So a lot of times we want to be in position, but we're not operating a different spirit. We're conforming to the world. And what, are the, what we're doing is we're around kryptonite and it's stealing our difference, our, all of our wisdom and all of our anointing, right? But we want to operate in a different spirit. Second Chronicles, let's go there. Second Chronicles 2. I just want to give you these things so you can go study it out yourself. This is some of the stuff I read through years ago and the Lord brought it to my attention. He was like, you know, these are intangibles that you live by and you need to share this stuff. So 2 Chronicles 2 All right, so this, is, this chapter is Solomon preparing the temple, right? And we know that the temple was done in an intricate way, right? Uh, I always talk about that. Verse uh, 13. Is it just 13? Hold on, let me see. Why do I got all of this? In the Amplified. Seems like there's more to that. All right, let's, uh, I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, yeah, and now I have sent a skilled man endued or endowed or empowered with understanding, even whom uh, by uh, my trusted counselor, the son of a woman, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, his father was a man of Tyre. He is a trained worker in gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood. In purple, in blue, in crimson color, which is red, and fine linen, and also to engrave any type of engraving and to carry out any design given to him. With your skilled men and those uh, of my Lord, David, your father. So he's saying... I want you to do the temple, but I'm going to send you this person with a different spirit, and he's going he's gonna to assist you in do, doing the temple in the excellence where the presence of God is going to show up. Because remember I told you they cut the stones before they even put them in. There was no banging and, and hammering. So how could you do the stones to perfection before you even set a stone? You know, I, I, I grew up with, with brick masons. So, so, so we, we would get the... You know, we fixed the, the cement and then they were, we would take the brick and then they would put it up there, but they would chip away at them just to make sure they sat right and make sure it was even going across, slap that cement over and then smooth that thing out with the spatula, right? You know, I was the gopher, so I remember all that stuff, right? Right, so, but, but it, was, it was, they were working while we were building, we built a, a, a barbecue pit, a fireplace. While we're doing it, we're chopping and cutting to make sure you know, they would take that, take that little chisel, snap that thing, break off a piece, put it in place so it'll fit. These people did all their work with all their stones before they put them in place. And what they did was they just set them, right? But they had this guy that was skilled with a different level of understanding. Now, James 3.13 says, who is, wise, who, is, who is a wise man and endowed with knowledge among you? Let him show out a good conversation, his works, with meekness and wisdom, right? So it's a, it's a different thing that I would understand. Daniel 1, I'm just, just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you that. 
It says, the king spake to Asphanaz, the master of his eunuchs. It says that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. Remember, they held them, they took them captive. Remember, they took them captive. It says, and the king's seed and of the princes, oh, oh, I'll read it over. And the king spake to, to, to Asphanaz, one of his, one of his guys, the master of the eunuchs. It says that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. So look for particular children of Israel with different spirit. It says, of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom with no blemish. So of their people we hold captive, just go select those that are of royalty, those that had certain positions, right? He says, look, with no blemish, they had to look good, right? He says, he says but well favored. So you would have to pick up the, there's something different on them. Because nothing happened yet when you know their favor. You can see favor on them. It says, look, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace and, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongues of the Chaldeans. So it says, get their people that their kings would only allow before them. With a different spirit, and we'll just change their language and use them for us. They wasn't stupid. It was like, we might have we, we got them captives, but it probably was out of their disobedience, not because we won the victory. So let's take advantage of this and use some of their skilled men with a different spirit, right? Right, so, 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 so I, I went through all this list of the women with a different spirit, and I showed you how through the Bible God imparted to people with a different spirit. And even as, as the men of God was growing, everybody wasn't around them. Just like Jesus didn't have everybody around them. Like, like Jesus selected the 12, the 12 disciples. How come he didn't select 25? And then out of those 12, there was three that was really close. There's a reason there was a different spirit on them already. Right? There was something on them. If Jesus walked through here now, who is he selecting? <laughs> let, that, let that marinate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who he selected? First Chronicles 12. And I, I, I was thinking through... Uh, we were talking about it in the health meeting how, like, it's, it's, it's all of us as a team. Everybody, all, the scripture says uh, uh, we are the body of Christ. You know, uh, we're, you know, we're members one of another, but it says we don't have the same office, so we be a many are one body in Christ. That means we all have different parts to play. We're fitly joined together, right? Um, but I noticed that these men of God had to have people with a different spirit around them. So first, first uh, Chronicles 12, uh, we'll start here with verse 1. It says, uh, it says, now these are they that came to David to Ziglag, while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish, and they were among the mighty men, helpers of the war. So what it's saying is like, you know, Saul was after David, remember? And so David kept himself away, but these are the people that... that, that that came in David's space. First of all, you don't trust nobody, right? At this particular point, you don't trust nobody. So you're not allowing everybody around you. Uh, and then we'll go here to verse 12. Let's go down to verse 
Nah, where am I at? Hold on a second. First Corinthians one. Hold on a second. I had the wrong scripture. Hold on. Why do I have 12 and 13? All right, I'm just going to read it. I just can't find where, where it's at, though. I have it. I'll read it, and then I know somebody will find exactly where it's at. I'm just going to read it. And David went out to meet them and answered and said unto them, if ye be, if ye be come peaceably unto me, huh? 17. Sweet. Thank you. So 17 and 18. All right. People online, I gave you the wrong scriptures. All right. So David went out to meet them and answered unto, uh, and answered and said unto them, if ye be come peaceably unto me to help me, mine heart shall be knit unto you. Right? So we're going to be as one. Remember I said he didn't trust everybody. It says, but if you be come to betray me to mine enemies, seeing there is no wrong in my hands, the God of our fathers look thereon and rebuke it. So he's saying if you, if you, if you come in wrong, God is going to, I haven't done anything wrong. God's going to cover me. It says, then the spirit came upon Amaziah. So in other words, I gotta, we got to convince this man of God that we're with him and not against him. He don't trust nobody. So uh, Amazai had a different spirit. It says, who was the chief of the captains? And he said, thine are we, David, and on thine side, thou son of Jesse, peace, peace be unto thee, and peace be unto thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captains of his band. All right, so now, this is the thing. A lot of times we come into a particular place, and you'll understand, like, we live in a culture where you can't trust nobody. People aren't consistent with what they do. And so what you, what you, what you look for is people with a different spirit. So a lot of times, you, some people are scared. They believe they got skills, or they believe they're smarter than the average bear. Um, and then they don't understand how certain people get in a place because they carry a different spirit. You can trust them because of what their heart is screaming. A lot of times people want to be trusted because of what their mouths are saying. Yeah, that's not how it works. Now, we'll, we'll look here. An example of these people that was rolling with David, uh, 2 Samuel 23. Again, we're talking about a different spirit. It's just taking an extra few minutes because we have fast week. All right, so 2 Samuel 23, 8-23. It's a lot of information, but I'm going to try to go through it pretty quick. It says, these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. It says, uh, the Tecmonite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Took out 800 at one time. After him was Elazier, the son of uh, Dodo, <laughs> interesting, the, the uh, Hoite, one of three mighty men with David, 
when they defied the Philistines that were there, gathered together to battle, the men of Israel were gone away. He rose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto his sword, and the Lord wrought great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. So he took out everybody, and they just came to get the riches. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together un, into, a, into a troop uh, were, where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought great victory. And three of the 30 uh, chief went down and came to David in, in harvest time unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Retham. And David was then in a hold and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, oh, that one would give me a drink of water of the well of Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is where the Philistines they had it locked down, right? But he said, man, if I can get a drink from that water, he said, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines. So the whole army drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it um, out unto the Lord I mean, they, they risked their lives. He still didn't drink it. Uh, and he said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. It is not, is not this blood, the blood of men that went in jeopardy of their lives. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. So they went, three men went to an army just to get their leader a drink. So he wouldn't be thirsty, right? They had to have what? A different spirit. Uh, these things did the three mighty men and Abishi, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, was chief among three of the three. Uh, and he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them and had the name and had the name or the honor among the three. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore, he was their captain. Howbeit, he attained not unto the first three. And Maniah, the son of Joab, Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabziel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Job. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of the pit in the time of snow. He slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spirit in his hand. But he went down to him with a staff, plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him in his, uh, with his own spear. These things did Benaiah, the son of Je Jehoiada, and had the name among the three mighty men. And he was more honorable than the 30, but he attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. I just wanted to give an example of how David had these great men around him. So, yes, David got victory, but he had victory because he had people with a different spirit around them that did things that weren't normal. So, he didn't win by himself. Just like we talked about those women, the children of Israel didn't get through by themselves. 
they had women with a different spirit. These men of God had men with a different spirit. And so the thing is, is that you, you hear the individual exploits, but understand it's a collection of people that's operating with a different spirit. Uh, I read this statement. This kind of commitment I find among the best performers across virtually every field, across every field is a single-minded passion for what they do. An unwavering desire for excellence in the way they think, in the way they work. Genuine confidence is what launches you out of bed in the morning. And through your day with a spring in your step. Uh, this, that was Jim, Jim Collins. So the, the, these different spirits, you don't have to force them. You don't have to make them. You don't have to require of them. You know, they're, they're, they, they have a, a, a self-motivated passion. They're not saying, nobody told me. They're not saying, I don't know what to do. No, they have a different spirit. God is imparted a level of wisdom and insight in them where they're moving with stuff. They're not saying, okay, I'll wait till somebody comes. They're, they're there. I'm here. If nobody shows up, I'm getting it done. See, that's a different spirit. That different spirit is not looking for excuses. Those with a different spirit understand that God didn't deny that God didn't deny that enemies of his people would usually be, would have more horses, chariots, and people than Israel. I shared this before, but God asked us to recognize a greater fact. The Lord God is with us. As uh, what Ari said, you know, God is with you, right? See, one with God makes an unbeatable majority. And people with a di different spirit only need to be with God. Right? The scripture talks about God's elect are inseparable of, from God's love. Nothing shall separate us, Romans 8, uh, 33 to 35. It says we're more than conquerors. So we're designed with a different spirit to endure these tests and trials. We're designed, Hebrews 10, 23, to hold fast without wavering. Right? And I'll end with this scripture in Hebrews 10, 32 through 36. Um, this, this whole uh, passage just talks about all the um, uh, just, just uh, this leads into Hebrews 3, which talks about the people in faith that operate in unshakable spirits. They were different. If you, Hebrews 11, I'm sorry. Hebrews 11, I'm, I'm speeding up because I'm trying to end, but Hebrews 11, if you read through it, uh, this person operated in faith, this person operated in faith, this person operated in faith. Basically, they all had different spirits. They believed in the midst of things that were seemingly impossible, Hebrews 11. But before you get to Hebrews 11, it's Hebrews 10, 32 through 36. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. It says, be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were first spiritually enlightened, that's most of us, right? After you were first spiritually enlightened, you endured a great and painful struggle. So a lot of times when we wake up, and we realize it's, it's living for God, we're going to go through struggle. But we think, now that I woke up, everything's going to be peachy and cream. No, we got, just like they went through the wilderness right after they were delivered, God had to get that funk out of them for them to get ready for what they needed to do. Right? It says, uh, after you were first person enlightened, you endured a great and painful struggle. Sometimes being yourselves a gazing stop, publicly exposed to insults and abuse and distress, and sometimes claiming fellowship and making common cause with others who were so treated. You know, finding other people that's going through, oh, they're going through too, right? 
It says, for you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were in prison, and you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and confiscation of your property. People just taking your stuff. In the knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So now once I start going into the kingdom, people are going to start attacking me. They're going to take the things that I've held on to. But I realized, oh, I, no, I got greater things I'm looking forward to than the things I've lost. Look, I got greater things I'm looking forward to than the things I've lost. I got greater things I'm looking forward to than the things I've lost. Sometimes we're stuck in depression and frustration because we think the things we lost are greater than the things that we're going to. Right? Amen. I can't believe this happened to me. All right? It says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. See, this is what we operate in a different spirit. A different spirit is built in resilience. It's a God-given immunity against faltering, right? You know, it's, 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 it's having a more excellent sacrifice, right? It's, it's having a faith that pleases God, Hebrews 11, uh, 6, right? Remember, Sarah was past age and still producing. So it takes away the excuse of age, right? Because you've got a different spirit. I can still produce regardless of age. I'm out there uh, running this morning at the lake, and it's a guy out there, 84. He's out there walking. So, you know, you know uh, him and his, his, uh, his wife and his wife's sister, they, they walk, they're walking the dogs, walking up around. And, you know, he did say, he said, man, I used to, I used to, walk, I used to do these stairs because he saw me run up and down the stairs. Yeah, I used to do these stairs. So he can't do the stairs no more. He said, and he was talking about his, uh, uh, what do y'all do? Steps, 10,000 steps? What is it? The thousands. Is it steps? Yeah, so he's talking about his steps. He says, well, I used to do this thousand, but I do this much now. I said, man, you 84. I said, I know some people 84. They ain't even leaving the house. Now, you notice I said 84. We know there's people a whole lot younger than 84 won't even leave the house. But this guy's out early in the morning because I was out early in the morning with two women. So, they, so if they were 84, they're all between 80 and 84. And they're out there. And the trip is two of them went to the car. The lady, she, while they was going to the car, she went and, 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 and did a, a, a section of stairs. She went down the stairs and came back. These stairs, I run. She wasn't running them. But she went down. But the fact, she, it was like, I did all the walking everybody else did, but I got to do a little more. At 80, up and down the stairs. You know, just operating in a different spirit. So we got to, we, we're getting a second chance here, a second chance to be diligent, disciplined. I showed you the women that operate in diligence from Esther to Ruth to Rahab, all these different spirits. Showed you these mighty men with, with David. I mean, obviously, Jesus had a different spirit. The disciples had a different spirit. Joseph had a different spirit, right? Moses had a different spirit. All these different people have different spirits. Well, can God use you for such a time as this? Are we going to keep conforming or transforming and start to operate in a different spirit? Is this going to be another fast week where we just kind of, I know it's fast week. I, you know, I'll fast a meal, come to a service, 
Or are we going to really, really allow ourselves to punk our flesh, to hear from God, and to walk in the things of God? Are we going to stick with our routine, or can God interrupt our routine for what he wants to do? I have a routine. I, do, I, I changed my routine last week. Listen, I, I'm a basketball fan, but I will watch the game today, but I'm not watching the games. I'll find out when the playoffs is over. And my wife will tell you, I do that every fast week. You know, normally September fast week is when the football season open. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't watch those games. I don't watch none of those games. My, I, I change my schedule for God. I change a lot that I do. I might, I've changed my workout schedule, everything. Because I'm like, no, 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 God, you're doing something. And I'm not going to miss it. Because a different spirit needs a different diet. Some of the things we've been doing for years, how's it working for us? Are we going to do something different? Yeah, listen, you, you might fast shrinking and having tough conversations during the fast week. You might talk to people and see people, uh, evangelize people, talk to people about the Lord, invite people to church. We normally, ah, now nah, they probably don't want to hear what I have to say. Well, punk your flesh, right? You might... Uh, you know, every Friday I got to at least have a drink. Punk your flesh. Not just the biscuits. Punk your flesh for everything it wants and watch what happened after this week. Like, and, 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 and do it this way. Don't think it all the way through, through the whole week. Start saying, I'm going to commit to punk my flesh the whole week and just let it go from there. Don't already establish well, I'm not going to be able to do this, so I'm not going to do that. None of us can do it. It's Christ. I remember somebody talked about praying for an hour. I was like, praying for an hour? After the first five minutes, I done ran out what to say. Nobody can pray for an hour. I prayed for hours, but I never thought it was possible. Reading, all that stuff. Like, you, can do, you, you stretch yourself. You'll be surprised what you could do, and you might find out what's been missing that's causing you not to have the momentum you want. All right, stand on your feet. That's all for today. Different spirit going into a different fast week.